Praise God. Well, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, we greet you and we welcome you to the house of God. Thank you for coming and being with our family today. And uh, I just want to talk to you today. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to talk long, but I do want to continue on from last week. We were talking about season's greetings. How many remember that powerful word from God last week? Come on. <laughs> season's greetings. And this season, we hear all kind of greetings. It's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Blessed Kwanzaa. Come on. How many know everybody has all kind of greetings that they give and we argue whether or not what you're supposed to say what's appropriate what's not but a greeting is that it's a salutation when I looked up the word salutation it's a salute Come on. It's something that you say when you see someone. It's something that begins uh, the body of a letter. It's something that you're saying that I'm announcing that I'm getting ready to engage in a response, a dialogue with you. And you know, the Lord is greeting us constantly. Amen. He wants to talk to you. You know, God does not want to have a relationship where he's far off and you're far off. Come on, how remember the old picture of God touching man and you see the fingertip there. That's what God wants. He wants to be a God that we can feel. I said it earlier, he's Emmanuel, God with us. And not only is he with you, but bless God, if he isn't by now, I hope by the end of the service, he will be God in you. And it's the hope of glory, Christ in you. And I want you to know today that God came to greet people and now he speaks directly to us. He speaks by the inner witness. He speaks by the word of God. He speaks by prophetic utterances. But back in those days, it would be uh, through a messenger. And how many know what that messenger was? It was an angelic messenger. And we talked about how the angels came and they greeted Zacharias. We talked about how they came and greeted Joseph, how they came and greeted Mary. And today I want to talk to you about the season's greeting and I subtitled this a shepherd's story. So if you have your Bible open up to Luke chapter 2. I want to start reading in the second verse. This is the Christmas story. It's familiar. We're not going to read all of it but I want to start reading in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Come on, one version says they were sore afraid. But the angel said to them what? How many remember? Fear not. Come on. The angel said, don't be afraid. Fear not. He said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. If you write in your Bibles, or if you have a a program that you can highlight, I want you to highlight Savior, and I want you to highlight Messiah and Lord. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Verse 17 is what I want to key in on. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word brings light. And God, we thank you that light can come into our darkness. God, whatever darkness is covering your people, whatever darkness is covering our land, whatever darkness is covering this nation, God, we thank you that your word brings light and it dispels the darkness. So God, I thank you that we will grab a hold of that light, we will grab a hold of that joy today, and we will be carriers of the good news in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted... Amen. When you truly see Jesus, you need to tell somebody of his amazing love. When you truly see him, when you truly get a hold of who he is, you got to tell somebody. It is the good news. I want to key in on a couple things in that passage there. I love, it says, today in the town of David. Another translation says, this day. You know what that means? That it was a certain time, it was a certain day that Jesus was born into humanity. Can I get an amen? How many believe that he was fully God, but he was also fully man? And you know what that says? That he was born. So that tells me that sonship, it doesn't belong to deity, but sonship belongs to man. Come on now. So that tells me that we are joint heirs with Jesus. So you and I have the same privilege. We have the same power according to John 1.12 that says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power or the dunamis, the explosive power to become sons of God. Hallelujah. I tell you what, that's the best gift you could have right there. Is sonship. There's a difference between being a servant and being a son. I mean, no, I require my kids to pick up sometimes, to pick up after themselves. They don't listen to me, so I don't even know why I say it. But uh, last night, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I went to turn off the light, and I looked behind the couch, and I saw not only a banana peel, but half a banana inside the peel. In the windowsill. And I knew right away which monkey had left that behind. So I began to beckon my child to come downstairs. And I said, you want to walk behind the couch and you see anything interesting? Oh, the banana. How do you know it was me? I know it was you. It's amazing. But even though they have duties, even though they have chores, even though they have responsibilities, I mean, no, they're not servants in my home. They're children. They have sonship. They're part of the family. All rights and privileges belong to them. Hallelujah. My kids don't care. I mean, mail comes to the house. It's ripped open. 
It don't matter whose name is on it. Long as H-A-M-P is somewhere on that envelope, they're opening it up. Packages come to the house. Man, if they see an Amazon box, they think it's automatically for them. They start ripping it open and everything, and they don't care because they believe it's theirs. Any money that comes out of my pocket and I lay it on the table, you have to watch sticky fingers right there. It is gone. Addie has it, has it folded up and zipped up in her purse within five seconds of it being left behind and if you're not careful she might go into your purse and help herself when you come over to our house everybody's gonna be like i'll hold on to my stuff right now (laughs) she only does that to families because she has privileges come on somebody somebody shout sonship It belongs to you and it belongs to me. That's the greatest gift. And he said when he came to them, he said, you guys, there's good news coming. The angelic greeting to the shepherds where there is good news that will cause great joy. And how many believe the world needs some joy today? Everywhere we go, we need joy. What is J-O-Y? Jesus, others, and you. In order to have true joy, you got to put Jesus first. Others second, and yourself third. The world wants to tell us that we have to have yoge. Come on, somebody. They look out for numero uno. Come on. They're, the world's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Look out for yourself. Make sure that you're doing good and nothing else matters. Come on, that's not the way it should be. You put Jesus first. Serve the Lord with gladness. You put others before you and yourself third, and you'll have true joy. There's been a Savior, a Messiah, a Lord. And I love as we go on to this, the shepherds, they got up at once and they went and they found the baby. And it says the baby was wrapped in cloths. Another version says swaddling clothes. How many have read that for years and didn't really understand that? Well, I tell you what, when we first got our babies in the hospital, the nurses would come in and they'd be crying. And the nurses, you know, you want to be so ginger with the baby. You think you're going to break him. You're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 let me hold him. Let me hold him. The nurses come in and they throw those babies around. I'm like, wait, wait, what are you doing? And they grab them. They're turning them around, smacking them. And, and the I mean, the first bath that our daughter got, I thought, Lord, you're going to hurt her. I mean, this lady was drowning her and everything and scrubbing. (laughs) He got the brush and scrubbing their head and ripping inside their nose. I'm like, oh, poor baby. But they know what they're doing. And then the babies, "Ah," caterwauling and everything. And they grab those babies, throw them down on the blanket, fold it, wrap them up like a Taco Bell burrito, shove them in there, and set them down. And they're like... And go right to sleep. That's swaddling. That's a swaddling cloth. Or swaddling clothes. Yeah, baby. That's swaddling clothes. And what they would do is the richer the family, or the more prominent the family, they would have nicer cloth. 
They might have silk. They might have some, now they sell all kind of stuff. Come on, when we had kids, you know, you, you got the blanket from the hospital and you used it forever and ever. And then it became like a, a nubby or something and it was all frayed and everything. But now they sell all these fancy little swaddlers, the little, little bags you put the kids in and, and pull the drawstring and they got a little matching, a little matching bandana or whatever and a bow and everything. They have fancy ones and that's what they did back in the day. If it was fancy, Fancy material, silk or some nice linen, it must have been a rich family. But poor families would just take scraps and cloths and they would just wrap the baby up like a mummy. They say that you could only see the eyes. They would even wrap up the head. And then they just put the baby like that. So they saw, they said, go and the Savior, come on, get this, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, is going to be in a manger wrapped in old dirty cloth. Let me tell you something today. This is a revelation for somebody. The miracle that God has for you is getting ready to come to you. And you have to perceive it because it's going to be right in front of you. But you will not recognize it. If you're not perceiving through the eyes of faith, I'm prophesying today. God has got something for someone in this room that will reach out by faith and receive it. But it's not going to look the way you thought it was going to look. I heard the Lord clear as day say that I'm bringing something to you. And if you have the spirit of God to perceive it, if you see God for who he really is, it's not going to look the way you thought it was going to look. Come on. How many of you can say, Lord, let's show it to me. Give me eyes to see and a spirit to receive. Man, the joy, the, the savior, the savior of the world, the best gift ever, the indescribable gift was wrapped in something that we didn't even, we would look over. And I'm telling you, God is trying to get a message to somebody today. And he's saying, you've been looking past it. You've been looking over it. You've been discounting it. Maybe it might be yourself. It might be somebody close to you that you've been discounting. But God is saying, there's a gift on the inside of them. And I'm announcing it to you today. Somebody say, ignore the wrapping. The gift is inside. After they had seen him, the Bible says, I love verse 17, it just jumped out. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them. When you truly see Jesus, you need to tell someone of his amazing love. That word seen is a word that means to see, to perceive, to attend to, to experience, to discern, to properly see. To see with the mind or to spiritually see. That's what the definition says. When we see Jesus, when we get a hold of who God is and we really experience him. Come on, God is not just a word. My daughter asked the other day, she said, is God in the dictionary? Is there a definition of God in the dictionary? I said, well, I'm sure there is. And she said, well, what would it say? And uh, my mom and I both said, deity. And she said, what's DNT? No, no. Deity said it's supreme being. It doesn't matter what the definition is. How many know I've got more than just a definition? Is anybody in here got more than just a definition? Does anybody in here have more than just words? Is there anybody up in here that when you met Jesus, something happened on the inside of you? Something was changed. You came in one way and left out another way. Is there any, I wonder if there's two or three people in here that ever experienced the power of God in your life. 
that you know that you touch God with your worship, you touch God with your prayer, you touch God with your love and devotion, and then in turn, God touched you. I don't know about you, but I have felt, I have experienced, I have lived in the touch of God. I know when the touch of God is on my life. I know when Eric is functioning, and I know when the touch of God is on my life. Come on, when you reach out and you commune with God, when you fellowship, when you have koinonia, the word communion, common union is koinonia, which means fellowship, which means we're coming together for a common purpose. I'm going to do my part and you're going to do your part. And I love that. And we're getting ready to come to the communion table in just a minute. And we're going to fellowship. We're going to have koinonia. And I thought this was so fitting as I was reading this. The shepherds had communion. The shepherds saw him. They experienced, they heard a greeting from the angel. They heard a promise from God. They knew that good news was coming. Come on, when you're out in the middle, it says they were living in the fields. Did you catch that? Living in the fields with their flock. Look at your neighbor and say, sheep happens. Yeah, yeah. Come on, how many feel like you've just been going through it? You've been living there. Come on, it's not just I'm working on something. It's not just I have a a rough situation, but I feel like I'm living there. I'm knee deep in the sheep. Come on, somebody. And whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, you might be living there. They had good news when the angelic host came and said, guess what? You're getting ready to come up out of here and you're getting ready to go somewhere because there is somebody that is born today. And on this day, a savior is coming. And what did he tell them to do? Go and tell what they had heard. What did they hear? They heard a savior. Come on, say it with me. Savior, Messiah, and Lord. Come on, say it one more time like it tastes good. Savior, Messiah, and Lord. That word Savior is soter or sotere, and it comes from soteria, or it comes from the word um, sozo, which means wholeness or salvation. And soteriology is the study of salvation through Jesus. And sozo means whole. Nothing broken, nothing missing. It's a rescuing word. It's a delivering word. It means savior, deliverer, healer. Come on, that's what it means. It says there is somebody coming that is going to get you up out of your mess. Can you imagine why they were excited? If you heard, if somebody called you and said, somebody is born today who's going to get you up out of everything you've been going through. Now, would you be excited? And you're packing up and you're going to say, where are they at? Come on, somebody, guess what? Somebody was born today and they're going to set you free from every hang up, every hindrance, everything that has ever held you back. They've been born today. Is that good news? Come on. I can imagine how the shepherds got excited. The whole host of, come on. When you begin talking about who Jesus is in that aspect, the whole host of heaven showed up and began worshiping and magnifying God. And I'm telling you today, when you begin to speak of the salvation of Jesus and you begin to speak of the power of God, something on the inside of you ought to wake up and get excited. Are you awake, Brian? Come on. Wake up and get excited. See, am I, am I boring? Yeah, come on. come on. 
And it means to deliver, to save. Another word is preserver. I love that. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose. You're not going down. You're not going under. But God is a preserver. How many know what I mean? He's a life preserver. Have you ever been in the pool, ever been swimming, and all of a sudden somebody had to save you? Somebody had to reach out and grab you? They're a life preserver. Jesus is a preserver. He will save you. He will keep your foot from slipping. Hallelujah. He is the Savior. And he is the Messiah. The Messiah. That word Messiah is the anointed one. Another another version is Christ, Christos. He's the anointed one. Whenever you see Messiah, whenever you see Christ, you can say the anointed one and his anointing. Come on, my great-grandmother used to always carry her purse with her. Come on, any lady got a purse with two handles. They still carry those anymore. She used to, you know, the, you know, the grandma purse with the two handles. And she would have it, and it would always be on her arm. It would always be on her, I won't grab your stuff there, but it would always be on her arm. And she would carry that thing. I mean, she was stepping too. She always had her heels on, remind me of Wilma, always just dressed, always dressed perfectly. You know, she'd have pearls on, hair done. It don't matter what time of day it was, she'd be dressed. And we called her Mama Houston. And she would always have her purse. And it would be on her arm. And she would just always have a stance. She was just always there. And everywhere, if you know, if you saw Mama Houston, you know her purse was not too far from her. And if she didn't have her purse, she had her pocketbook, as she called it. And you don't want to know where it was. I'm done. All I got to say, it was, it was on her person somewhere. I don't know what all she had down in there, but she'd pull tissues, wallet, the pistol, all kinds of stuff. You never know what was down. I don't know how they kept all that stuff down in there. I think grandmas have extra pockets in there. But anyway, so you knew her purse was going to be with her. Come on, somebody say, Mama Houston and her purse. She was always going to have it with her because she probably had a strap in there to whip some kids or something. She was going to find somebody to take care of business. And it's the same way with Christ. Whenever you see the Messiah, it means Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. Somebody's going to get blessed right here in a minute. He doesn't go anywhere without his anointing. What is the anointing of Christ? It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And I'm telling you today, the world has been laden down with heavy burdens. The world has had yokes upon them. What is a yoke? It's that big wooden thing that they put on an ox and they make him turn and make him go which way they want him to go. Come on, the driver pulls this way and the ox goes that way. They pull this way and they go that way. How many have ever felt like you've been bound by something or someone that no matter how they pulled, that's where you went? A situation that no matter what went on, that's the way you went. A thought process, a train of thought that you start thinking that way, and that's where your body goes. That's where your life goes. And I'm telling you today, the anointing of God is here to lift the burden. It's here to destroy the yoke. Hallelujah. I think the first time I met you, Brian, uh, back in 2000 and uh, probably 
13 or 14. And I said, did I rub on your head? I think I put oil and rubbed on your head. See, the, because when I preach this message about the anointing, I would find a nice, a nice rubbable head like this. And I think I didn't even know who he was. And I think I just started rubbing on his head. And he's loved me ever since then. I don't know why. But the word anointing means to rub on, to smear, or to paint. And let me tell you something, that yoke would be on them, and they would put oil on the little sheep's head. They would put oil on the ram's head. And because of the anointing, oh, I wish I had a hammock up in here. Because of the anointing, the yoke was destroyed. The yoke was of null effect. They couldn't do anything because that oil, they'd slip right out of there. And I'm telling you today, there's an anointing from heaven that is coming on you this season that will make everything impossible for the devil to put anything on you. And everything that's been put on you, God will take off of you. Everything you've gotten yourself in, the anointing can slip you right out of there and will destroy it and make it of no effect. And I'm telling you today, the Messiah is born today. That announcement came, that angelic greeting came and said, there's somebody that is a sozo, a soteri. There is somebody that will save you and deliver you. There's somebody that's born today that is coming. They're anointed and they've got an anointing with them. It doesn't matter what you're going through, where you're at, the anointing is with them. And that anointing is the all-powerful power of God that will supercharge you to do what God's called you to do. Come on, somebody say Savior, Savior. Messiah, Messiah, and Lord. We love the Savior part. We love the Messiah part. Come on, how many love that anointing? Yeah. But you know, the tough one is the Lord. Come on, I know Meatloaf thinks two out of three ain't bad. But how many know that's not the way it goes? You got to have all. He's the Lord. The word Lord in the Greek, is a word that means master. Kurios. It means Lord. It means master. It means sir. It means a person that exercises absolute ownership rights. Come on. You don't belong to yourself. Once you give yourself to Jesus, once you turn your life over to the Lordship of Christ, he becomes not only your Savior, but you got to make him your Lord. And when you truly make him your Lord, then you get the Savior, you get the Messiah, you get all that with you. You have to know that he is the one that has absolute ownership and absolute rights. You've been bought with a price, the Bible says. Paul said, I'm a bond servant of the Lord. Come on, what does that mean? That means that I can leave. I'm not forced to stay here. I can leave. But you know what? I have a bond with the Lord that I'm not going to leave him. I'm not going to forsake him because I know that he's never going to leave me. Hallelujah. And the only way that you can truly say that Jesus is Lord is by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the way that you know that Jesus is Lord is you're speaking by the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm telling you today that that greeting that came from the angels over 2,000 years ago that said, you know what? Something is happening. This day, today, a certain day, something is happening. And you know what? It's going to change your situation. It's going to change your circumstance. And all you got to do is just go and experience it. Just go and see it. Matter of fact, they didn't even tell them to go. They just said, this is happening today. And they said, you know what? I want that. So I got a question for you today. There's somebody that was born that will save you from your sin. There's somebody that was born that will deliver you up out of your hangups. There's somebody that was born that will keep your feet from slipping. There's somebody that was born that will bring the power to destroy the yoke and remove the burden in your life. And all he wants in exchange is all of you. Come on, you know what I want for my wife? I don't want half of her. I don't want her just on every other day. I don't want to, somebody said the other day, yeah, we've been married for, we've, uh, we've experienced 22 good years of marriage. And the spouse looked over and said, we've been married for 25 years. He said, like I said, we've experienced 22 good years of marriage. And that may be some of your story. But I want all of her. Come on. I want every part. I love every part of my wife. Even the parts she doesn't love, I love them. Why? Because she gave herself to me. And I give myself back to her. And I'm telling you, that's what God wants. He's a jealous God, the Bible says. He wants all of us. He doesn't want us having one foot in and one foot out. He doesn't want us riding the rail. He doesn't want us married to him on Sundays and maybe Wednesday. And then the rest of the week we're out (laughs) free. He wants all of us. So today... I've got a greeting. I've got an announcement. On a certain day, there's one born that is Savior, Messiah, and Lord. What's your response going to be? Is it going to be like the shepherds? When they heard the greeting, they say, I'm going to go. I'm going to fellowship. I'm going to have communion. I'm going to have a gift jointly contributed, a collection where are you at today? Maybe you're at a place where you say, Pastor, I've, I've experienced him as my Savior. I know that Jesus is my Savior. I thank God that my sins have been washed away. And if that's where you are today, praise God. And maybe you're saying, you know what? I need him as my Messiah. Because I've gotten myself into some stuff and I need that anointing to set me free. I've seen it. I've had glimpses where I've been experience freedom but I don't live there maybe you're at a place where you say I've been free here I've been free there but I just don't experience that true freedom but I want it today it's for you or maybe you say you know what I've been delivered I've been saved I know that the anointing is flowing in my life but there's still some areas that I haven't truly given over to God and Christmas is a time to celebrate giving and gift giving and the greatest gift we could have is the lordship of jesus christ and the greatest gift we could give is all of ourselves.